0: Hello and welcome to A Call for Love. I believe the most powerful gift you can offer yourself is to give and receive love more freely. I'm your host, Linda Orsini, Meditation Guide and Spiritual Coach. Everyone has the desire to be seen, heard, respected and loved. The journey to becoming more connected to your greater purpose lies within the ability to live from the deep source of love within you. Let's begin. Welcome everybody to A Call for Love. I'm so grateful that you landed here and I believe it's no accident because A Call for Love is all about living from your highest vibration and that's what Sandra does. She is a vibrant and passionate public speaker with a wealth of experience in the healthcare and wellness domain. With a background as a licensed clinical pharmacist, personal trainer, and healthy eating coach, she brings a comprehensive perspective to achieving holistic well-being. And I really love this about Sandra because we are very aligned this way. And we both believe that it's the whole person that we want to really talk to. And she is dedicated to this with her physical health. And she is a new budding author. And I'm not going to share the details. I'm not going to spoil it. I'll let you hear it from Sander herself. So Sander,
1: welcome to A Call for Love. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here with you. Yes.
0: Please tell us your exciting news. I am so, I love, love the title and I can't wait to read it. So please share with us your exciting news.
1: Okay. well, the exciting news is this book is just ready for pre-order and launching in November. And I was just sharing with Linda before we started recording that there's something about, you know, these first orders coming through and just feeling so grateful to have the opportunity to share my message. So the book is called Embracing Abundance. And it's essentially a journey to wellness and wholeness through faith and self-care. So often people will say to me, well, you know, how does the fitness tie in with your health care? And I thought, well, you know, I'm so glad that you asked because in healthcare, care, of course, we see people who are newly diagnosed with certain conditions. One of my first patients was a gentleman with very high dose of of pain medication. He's now, you know, he's got hyperalgesia. It's not responding. And his family doctor says to me, you know, we've got to taper him off. His body's really not working. And this, you know, poor gentleman doesn't know where to go. And Linda, you know, we worked together and he started seeing one of our counselors who did Exactly the message that you provide. She teaches self-compassion and deep breathing and centering. She spoke with one of our dietitians who helped really explain how what we eat, our gut health, those great you know probiotics, our, our microbiome affects our mental health as well. Right? These anti-inflammatory foods like salmon can help with his you know his uh, pain. And we worked to get these medications down, and we got him moving—just some gentle walking. We had like a pole walking group. Have you ever seen that, Linda? with yeah. those poles like the nordic poles long story short you know this gentleman was one of many that really benefited from that holistic approach right of you know exercise and nutrition and so forth and with my own loss um that i that i will share i you know was going through the motions had you know my 10 year plan my everything and you know at the age of 33 my husband got sick And sicker and we prayed. And I come from, you know, very devout faith. And, you know, we prayed and we believed in miracles, which I still believe in, you know, but at this point, it just wasn't, it just wasn't what was happening. So he passed, and I remember having my two-year-old and my four-year-old, and just for the first time in my life being really, really lost. I was sitting at the dentist's office, you know, a few weeks, still in this haze, and you check off your marital status, right? And I just stared at the word widow, thought, widow, widow. Why, you know, why am I having such a hard time with claiming that word as my own, right? Who am I now? How does this work? How do I heal? And for a long time, I was kind of in that frozen autopilot until I made that conscious choice of I want to love, I want to live big again, right? I was just in this very numb autopilot, which, you know, as many of us know, can happen. We have a setback and we're just going through the motions. Um, but it was when I made that choice and I started connecting with community um, you know, friends. And I started to pray again. I started to read scripture. I started to make little changes with movement, you know, going for a walk outdoors. And I started this beautiful, deep breathing that you do on Insight Timer and that I now recommend to all of my patients, Linda. And, you know, and that whole piece kind of came together. So I, Sandra, did nothing special or different, just like anybody hurting. All I did do, and I guess what I hope we can together encourage our beautiful listeners to do is maybe take that choice to say, I will start to love myself or I want to live more abundantly. What can I do? Maybe it's the five minute, you know, pod um, listening to the meditation. Maybe I'm just going to get outside even for five minutes to sit on the front porch and get that fresh air. You know, maybe I'm going to add probiotics to my diet. If you like kefir or sauerkraut, whatever, you know, does it. And that, you know, I really do believe that this look at, you know, the whole person can can do magical things and we really can heal and can thrive and don't need to be stuck in that floundering kind of numb uh, feeling after loss.
0: Well, it sounds like your journey and many times I got shivers down my spine as you were talking, because I feel that you had a significant uh, loss you know, to be a widow at age 33 with two youngsters, that's a big pill to swallow. But it's really through your awareness and hope, right? There was hope. There's something to live for. I do feel that, you know, a lot of us can have a mindset that we kind of give up, but then we can give up. I mean, it's big and it's huge. But eventually when we're able, When we're able through self-compassion, it always begins with us to take those baby steps, right? Baby steps take you far.
1: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, the the greatest one of the ladies that comes to my classes at the gym, and I'll have you know, I did dress up for Halloween. I was wearing this big uh, muscle suit, you know, and I had this little wig and, you know, um, I was, you know, walking through the class, but she came and she said she just hiked a mountain. You know, she just came back from a 12 day trip. And she said it was one of the most remarkable things she did. And she said, you know, in my 50s, Sandra, you know, I didn't grow up athletic or anything like that. I just literally put one step in front of the other, just these small little goals. She said, I never said right off the bat, I'm going to climb that mountain. But I said, you know, I'm going to walk for five minutes and then maybe next month I'll walk for 10. So exactly as you said, when we're able and just knowing that these little bite sized things are are huge.
0: Exactly. I remember my son saying he was, I think, 18 or 19. He says, I don't know what to do with my life. And I looked at him and I said, either do I. (laughs) And he looked at me (laughs) and I'm like, we're always recreating ourselves. Uh, it, well, if we if we're living vibrantly, and so recreating yourself is what you're saying. You know that lady who took the step to climb the mountain. Uh, you know we have to, of course, go outside of our comfort zone, and that's where growth is. I always say, do it with fear.
1: Yes, yeah, absolutely. There needs to be that little bit of challenge for change, right? Um, and I see that so completely. And I love that you said it's, you know, you are rechanging and reinventing yourself. And I actually, in the book, I refer to myself as Sandra 1.0, Sandra 2.0, you know, who eventually was able to have this, you know, abundant life that she loves. And it wasn't, you know, and I did break and I did, you know, fall apart and I'm not the same. And I think nor would I want to be right. But I've really accepted that, you know, beauty does come from the ashes or, you know, all of these beautiful sayings of hope. Of you know the rainbow, after you know the the storm and all of that and and one thing that we know, and I think that I would love people to remember is that you're not alone. I think in a world of selfies and filters and you know this fomo right it's easy to feel like you're somehow behind or you're somehow the only one that's not enough or not making it or you know not airbrushed enough or whatever it is, and I think that people to remember that, you know, first of all, this is highlights and and not necessarily reality or true projecting, but that you are enough and you're not alone. So we facilitate classes, right? So classes in clinic and, uh, you know, my colleagues, the nurses, the psychologists, you know, do different things. And I I'll never forget one of the classes where we came in with, of course, our slides and our beautiful, you know, evidence-based content which of course is great knowledge is wonderful and we went through this is the you know signal of how anxiety works and this is depression and you know this is how it all works and you know the best moment for all the participants didn't happen when I spoke or one of my colleagues smokes as you can guess it was one of the participants that spoke up and said you know this is really hard for me And immediately the the energy shifted in the room, you know, everyone just looked up with just this beautiful, hopeful expression and said, oh, my gosh, me too. And this happened with my sister-in-law, you know, and that's where all the magic happened, right? Once people said, I'm not alone. And I guess my hopes in sharing this story is to really say, I hear you, I see you, I encourage you, right? And, And, you know, you can pass through this and whatever stage you're in, I encourage people to tap into any kind of group or community. You know, whether they subscribe to your podcast and they, you know, chat about it in the comments or, you know, whether they connect with us on Instagram and, you know, engage. It's amazing to see how just knowing that there's other people that hear you, that see you, that know your name and that you are not alone, no matter how bad things are. You know, please don't feel like you're the only one that's just not getting it together. You know, and I, I share in the book how rough it was for me and, you know, and the hopes that that it resonates with someone like, you know, I know that you're here and I'm so, so sorry that you're hurting, but I know beautiful things can come from your your growth.
0: I completely agree. I always say a call for love. One of the messages everyone wants to be seen, heard, respected and loved. Yeah. Bottom line, I can't think of anybody who doesn't really long for that. And so your message is very aligned with that being seen, being heard. And being heard by our peers, you know, where I I even did a post the other day where there were three things, stop, stop what you're doing, put your phone down, stop typing, look at the person in the eye, and then rephrase what people are saying so that they really feel heard. And it sounds like in that context you had that people really stopped and were engaged. And that's what people need, to hear their pain story. Because the more you talk about your pain story, the more you heal.
1: Yes. Yes. And, you know, and I I will be the first to say I was so guilty, even though I know all about the grief cycle and, you know, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, and, you know, you'll go through these stages and they're fluid. Boy, is it another thing to live through it. And I will say I was... You know, very, very culpable that I just tried to stunt it. I just tried to go on autopilot and I was like, it's fine. You know, I'm just going to muscle through this. And, you know, it was my colleague that said to me and then I was, you know, in line at Starbucks and someone in front of me, I thought I was doing fine. Right. And someone in front of me ordered a pumpkin spice latte, Linda, something very innocent. Right. It was coming to fall And that triggered a memory in my loss and I just started sobbing. And just to let you know, you haven't seen me cry before. I don't cry elegantly with like a tissue to the corner and a cute little sniffle. This is like a full ugly cry, <laughs> you know, frightening the people around me. And it just came out of me so forcefully. And I was sharing a couple of these, you know, really inconvenient moments with my colleagues. And, uh, you know, one of them who who does self-compassion and reminds me so much of you so lovely and just really encouraging people with love you know said to me Sandra you have to just sit with it and I was doing the exact opposite I was running and sprinting away and she said you know put your hand on your heart which releases oxytocin and symbolizes you know that self-hug and that self-compassion and just breathe and say you know I feel like this and and that's okay I'm not always going to feel like this but this is where I am now And I started sort of allowing myself to give myself that compassion and acknowledge what was happening. And I found, you know, those uh, those awkward encounters were far fewer and less in between.
0: It's so timely that we're really actually talking about this, because as we're recording this, it's the day of the dead. I came back from San Diego and they really honor the people who have passed away. It's not very somber. I mean, it's of course, it's completely painful, but they are honoring those who passed away and remembering them and holding them. I just celebrated the anniversary of my mom passing. And I want to, although there's an edge of sadness uh, because it's time now, but it's we want to remember those who have gone before us. We want to hold them in our hearts as painful as it can be, but to hold that and And as I'm sharing this, my hand automatically went to my heart. Isn't that interesting?
1: I love that.
0: That soothing touch. That soothing touch. So when you're saying embracing abundance, I really feel, well, they say a miracle is a shift in perspective. So you were grieving and rightfully so. And then you shifted. You shifted into abundance. So tell us what is in your book. What is your book? A reader, what can they expect by
1: reading your book? Sure. So it really reads like an encouraging conversation with a friend. So, you know, people who know me know I've even got some of my cheesy jokes in there. And, you know, and sometimes it's hard, low, and I'll relate and say, you know, here's, you know, my story. I start off with my story. So I would say a warning is the intro can be very... Uh, emotional, right? I talk right from the beginning, the hospital, you know, the code blue, what that was like to give some perspective. And then it starts to say, where do we go from here? And as it picks up, I tie in, it's really every piece of my heart, Linda. So anything I've learned through the decades in healthcare, you know, about evidence-based, you know, here's laughing, giving, gratitude, you know, Uh, mindfulness, all of these things. And you'll find footnotes of here's the article, you know, in Mayo Clinic or, you know, CDC or so forth and how these things helped and here's how they helped me. So I talk about, you know, I received this book at such a timely moment that I feel was also one of the many little miracles. It was my friend's sister that sent me a book that helped me eventually try to tap in. A friend that sent me a Bible verse. It was Jeremiah 29, 11, And I kept reading it for I know the plans I have for you to prosper you, not to harm you for for hope and a future. So again, I held on to whatever I could with hope and with gratitude and all of the steps. So it's little, little bite-sized chapters of here's gut health giving everything and then there's the four little little chapters in the end eventually talk about you know uh when i remarried and what that was like and here's you know my my big fumble into online dating and (laughs) you know what to watch for and a few things like that and kind of said well here's how where i am now um i leave you with these kind of all of these holistic approaches to wellness here's people you can reach to go deeper and you know I share you to either tell your story use the tools to help yourself help others and my my real hope and desire is that if even one person says you know that one chapter on x you know I think I'm going to start doing that it will have been all worth it you know the writing process everything and maybe it encourages one person to say you know I'm going to share my story, and what helped me, and how beautiful will the world be if we're all just open in our vulnerability and our transparency uh, and then we come behind this you know veneer that I think is social media. I'm not saying it's all bad, I, I love you know we follow each other and we love the content we share, but I think it needs to be taken cautiously because there can be sometimes more harm than good, right? if there's comparison trap and all of that. so just let's drop the guards and let's come as our authentic self. Here's me. Here's, here's what was awful. And here's what was good. And here's me trying to move forward. And I think in that, we encourage others. And it's a beautiful thing.
0: Well, I hear hope. That's what I hear in your voice, hope. And that's a beautiful thing that really people want to emulate because we all have hard times. And of course, You and I both live in Canada, and right now we are very safe and very held and cared for. But there is so much out there. And no matter how people are suffering, hope is a message that we always want to inspire. So I feel like your book is a journey that takes somebody from the depths of grief and Follows, follows you to your state of abundance because clearly right now you're vibrating very high.
1: You nailed it. You nailed exactly the the whole, you encompassed the book so elegantly and beautifully, Linda.
0: I'm always thinking about the kids. Your children are looking up to you and they've seen how you've, you know, been really sad and grieved. And then you've turned it around, and you've made a happy, vibrant life for them. That is a great, great example for your children.
1: Thank you, thank you for saying that. Because in all of this, you know, right from I remember, you know, and anyone who who is listening or yourself, Linda, I know you said you, you um, your mom has passed, uh, knows that things happen very fast, right? So in one moment, you know, they're calling the time of passing and the sheet and you know, and all of a sudden they're like, well, you need to get to the funeral home and you need to pick up a suit from home. And, you know, everything just happened so fast. And I remember just being frozen and I was like, wait, wait, my children, my children, what am I going to say? How am I going to say? I remember just you know, being so anxious about this. And again, I talk about, you know, do you believe in miracles? I certainly do. Um, you know, and what and, and then I see that it can sometimes be the people that come in your life. So this beautiful social worker who was working in the hospital at the time came, said, I understand you're very distressed, you know, sorry for your loss. And I said, Yes, please just tell me what to do, you know, the viewings in whatever two days or how fast, you know, everything was arranged. And she had such a nice idea. She said, Well, we want to make sure that they have closure. Right, even though they're so little, they haven't been able to see him. He was, you know, in the ICU and things were tricky. And she said, um, "And have a way to say goodbye." So why don't you have a private viewing, talk to them at the home, at the funeral home, uh, before everyone comes? And I told her, I said, "I come from a culture, you know, middle eastern, middle eastern and Mediterranean, you know, everyone's in black and it's very somber and sometimes there's wailing. Like I don't want them to see all that, but I don't want them to have not had a chance." So she said, "Come to the viewing, but it's just you." And uh, and they have a chance to say why they can write a little note or trinket and put it in and say, you know, why to dad, which is, I think, the, the best, most beautiful suggestion, you know, she has, I think, gave me. And I think it really was able to I mean, seeing their little, little bodies is not something I can unsee, unfortunately, you know, standing over, you know, the coffin that they're barely taller than. But I have that comfort that they were able to have that closure. So in the weeks and months that passed, they at least felt like I got to say I got to say bye and, you know, I got to see him, uh, which which was nice. So but it was and that was through (laughs) till now. You know, I think a common recurrent thing is, you know, the kids are the kiddos. Okay, what can I be you know doing? And it's funny because, again, at a a party, I ran into someone that said kids want to know four things. She worked with children and they said it's the four C's. Did I cause it? Can you catch it? Can you cure it? And who will care for me? And uh, I talk about it in the book, how one of these was a big surprise when I said to my children, you know, you know that, you know, you didn't cause it. And they were like, we didn't. And I was like, oh, how? Like, how, how could you have thought that you caused it, my loves? And, and, you know, and they said, well, one time he came home and he wasn't feeling well from one of the treatments at the hospital. And we thought maybe we hugged him too, tight, And that's what caused it. And like my heart just shattered, you know, you don't know what goes on in a two and four year old. And I still pray for and thank, you know, the lady that said this to me, because I thought I would have never thought to ask, like, there's no possibility they could, you know, think that. And again, we said, you know, who will care for you? Because now as kids, you know, I don't know about you, Linda, but I thought my parents were invincible until like for a long, long time. Right. But once you see one of them pass at a young age, all of a sudden they're like, well, what if something happens to mom? right? What if something happens to, you know, this person? So we got to talk about all the beautiful people that love them and that they would be supported for. So those four C's of grief is, you know, it's a small chapter, but I think it's just, again, if it's not directly relatable to someone, you know, if a friend or someone is going through it, it's good for us to all know, hey, you know, there's these four quick questions that are helpful for children, if there's children involved when there's grief. That's
0: super, super important because I know that zero to seven are the formative years and a child's mind takes everything as real. Everything is real. So I'm going to repeat that again for the listeners. Children, and I would say everybody, needs closure and to say goodbye, which you could do before either cremation or burial. And everyone, especially children, need to hear that they didn't
1: cause it. What's the catch for can I catch it? Like, is it contagious? So, either just before someone passes or after they pass, like, do I have it in me? Right? Did I catch it? So, they want to know that I cause it. Was I responsible? Can you catch it? Is there a cure for it? Right? Can this be reversed somehow? And then, who will care for me?
0: Wow, that's really a gem. That's- yeah.
1: And again, we talk about you said, you know, just how you said to the listeners, I feel like it's not a coincidence. You know, you landed here. I really believe that. And if I tell you how I came to know this knowledge, it wasn't the grief center I went to with them or anything. We were at a kid's birthday party and the boy and the the husband and the wife that, you know, they're the parent of the child. His best friend was there and his sister from, I think she lives in Halifax, was visiting. And she had a little girl there and we got to chatting and she's like, you know, I do grief, you know, for children. And I thought, Oh, my gosh. And this is can you imagine like we're sitting there at a kid's birthday party and it was one of the best things I learned. And I think that's why I want to share with everyone here, you know, to feel empowered. You can really help, you know, and you're not saying, hey, I'm a, you know, a counselor. But you could say, hey, I heard somewhere, you know, that there's these four seas of grief or, you know, I heard that hope is really helpful. I heard that if you place your hand on your chest you know, and now we can look things up and there's reputable sources. And, you know, I, I just love that we can all be trying to help with just the little nuggets that we're, we're getting from each other. And I think it's really not a coincidence. Yeah, I, I really believe that as
0: well. And I think that as humans, we want to spread, I believe, loving kindness in any way we can. And those are in the the natural teachable moments, right? When it. Presents itself. It's like a calling. It's like the universe kind of nudging you and saying, you know, present something that is hopeful, that is loving, that is kind. And we could spread that. At my school, we had spread kindness like confetti. Oh,
1: I love that. I love that. Well, and, you know, even I like to see the shift in healthcare as well. So, for example, I was giving a talk and they said, you know, as a pharmacist, with this pharmaceutical company, you know, what are the things that kids can do for this immune season, right? And so I talk about, you know, getting fresh air, getting outside, limiting screen time, because that shuts off the melatonin, you know, for the deep wave sleep and hugs. And someone said to me like, hugs, what do you mean? And I said, yes, I said, when you give hugs, you know, like a 20 second hug can affect, you know, the, the hormones, the immune system, everything. And it's right there. And I can't remember if it's Cleveland or Mayo Clinic, but there's reputable a research on just hugging right which just seems like it's so simple and so you know alternative but really like this is scientifically and medically proven to help so just hugging the act of hugging you know with yourself with your thoughts writing someone a thank you note or, or verbalizing it you know this is all so pow- so much more powerful than I think we ever knew
0: Exactly. I was just at a retreat and there was a grief counselor there too, Nancy, who is leading it with uh, David G. And she said, never to hand somebody a Kleenex because it kind of signifies like just dry up your tears. And she says that people want hugs, but to ask them first. So Mm. ask, may I hug you? And I thought those were really two powerful uh, reflections because sometimes if somebody's grieving, I don't know what to do. It feels overwhelming and I get like tongue tied. And so not to offer a Kleenex and to ask them for a hug. But I am such a hugger. So I would be like grasping the person.
1: (laughs) Can I please can I
0: come in? Come in in. (laughs) Especially being European descent, I think. Yeah, yeah,
1: Absolutely.
0: But I would love for you to share how people can reach out to you and how they can get your book.
1: Sure, I would love to share. So, you know, I think we are going to be providing uh, a copy as well to maybe one of the the listeners. But also people can come into, uh, there's a few ways. So if they want to connect on Instagram, that's probably where I'm the most active. Uh, and the handle there is at s t. G underscore wellness. So S for Sandra, T for Tadros, G for Gurgis Or you can remember St. George underscore wellness, STG underscore wellness. And then my website is um, stgwellness.ca. And there's a video on my Instagram, but it's real easy. You just go click on where the hamburger icon is, like the three lines. You can pre book and it'll say pre-order your signed copy uh, now. So we're accepting the pre-orders and the full launch will be November 19th.
0: Oh, that is so awesome. And I will provide the link for how people can win a free copy of Embracing Abundance because it's very valuable. I find that there's somebody for sure in our lives that could use it, if not ourselves.
1: Yes, agreed. And, you know, and even if people are thinking, well, you know, I'm not grieving or there hasn't been any loss, there's still all of those nuggets you know, are for just living more abundantly. So even if there is no loss, there is still so much benefit from, you know, the self-care strategies we talk about and, you know, and gratitude and how to do it and the different types of caring for yourself and so forth and, you know, how sugar impacts us and so on. So I think there'll be some helpful nuggets to to everyone really, regardless of the stage of life that they're in.
0: And I would like to add that I had a brother who passed away young at 53, and I grieved really hard. And I, looking back, I didn't know how to grieve. And when my parents, I had three parents pass away in six months, actually, and I had some better skills to cope with it. And I would have never thought that there's skills to cope with grief. Now, of course, I do know. And so, even if you don't have grief in this moment, there will be a time that grief can come knocking on your door and you want to have the tools for it. Because when you're in that crisis mode, you're not going to want to read a book. You're not going
1: to have time. You're just in survival mode. And brain fog. And it's yeah. uh, it's hard that so first time.
0: It's good to maybe get those skills before you become in a crisis. Thank you for joining A Call for Love, Sandra. You are so vibrant. I love your energy. I can't wait to read it. And really, it was such a pleasure.
1: You as well, Linda, really. From the first moment we spoke on the phone, I thought, I love her. You know, you share so much just with such love and just the open arms and it's funny because you said that you're a hugger even though we've only you know and i can feel it i can feel you like ready to just bring in the hug and it just it resonates so beautifully through so thank you and i've really enjoyed my time with you here and i'm really honored to have joined you
0: thank you thank you for listening it would mean so much to me if you could share this episode with someone you feel could benefit from its message And subscribe to a Call for Love podcast to receive new weekly episodes every Tuesday. Head over to globalwellnesseducation.com to learn more.